Hi everybody, and a very pleasant good day to you, wherever you may be. My name is Jacob Norling, and welcome to my podcast next year. I was a play-by-play broadcaster at Westmont College for the last couple of years, and for me, getting a front row seat to, in my opinion, some of the greatest athletes that Westmont has ever had to offer, inspired me to pursue a platform outside of broadcasting, and this allowed me to get more in-depth and more personal with, in my opinion, some of Westmont's greatest protagonists. And today, on episode 20, as I prepare to graduate college, I just wanted to take an episode to sit back and reflect on all that broadcasting at Westmont has meant to me and get to count down my five favorite memories and just share with you at home, anyone listening, just how special this has been for me. And I'll touch upon maybe what's coming next, but really right now, before I accept that and move on to the future, I want to take one last episode to celebrate what this has meant to me. So without further ado, one final time as a Westmont Warrior. Off we go with next year. All right, well, here we go with episode 20 of literally next year with Jacob Norling, and that's me today. That's just going to be me today for the first time ever in the podcast history here at next year. It's just going to be me, myself, and I as we sit down and, or as I sit down and just take you through my journey and what it's meant to be a Westmont broadcaster, what I do with all of my guests every single time is I always use the turn, you know, let's turn back the clock and it's going to be no different today, but I'm just going to be turning back the clock with myself and talking about this journey to Westmont and the broadcast journey specifically. And then on top of that, we're going to take some breaks in between so that I can catch my breath. And then doing that, we're going to be playing some clips of my five favorite broadcast memories at Westmont, so that will be extremely special, but for now, like I said, we can turn back the clock and I'll tell you a little bit about how I got to Westmont and how broadcasting you know, came to be, and I actually uh, I've thought about this a few times. I've even tried recording over myself a few times to clip this and make it feel right because I've never really just sat and told this story to myself, but I think that I actually... I've got to share this story with the Westmont community. I was invited by the wonderful Westmont uh, pastor, Scott Lasea, a few months back to actually share like my testimony as a senior. And instead of trying to recreate my words, I thought I would actually share that clip with you. And I think it would just, I guess, save me a mouthful right now because I don't think I'll ever word it so just fluently and make sense. So I guess I'll play that for you right now so you can kind of hear and feel where I came from before. I got to Westmont and what it's meant to me since. All right, I am Jacob. That was loud, my bad. Right, so when Scott asked me to talk about truth and a senior moment, I took it really literally. I had to share with you the truth that I've learned over the last four years of my entire college experience about Godness. The word and the idea, yes, and how God will never say no. God tells us yes just in his own time. I tie it back to four years ago when I started my college career at junior college. I feel like the first no I received in my life was the fact that I wasn't going to start at a four-year university. And I was kind of ashamed of that. So God spoke over me. It was something that stuck with me just the term yes. And I remembered, yes, 
best selling the cliche romantic in me wrote on a piece of paper, yes you can, I put it up on my bedroom wall, very weird. And every day before school, I would smack the poster saying, yes you can, and I would look at it and remember, yes you can, Jacob. But then I started having like juco problems, school was hard, and work was hard, so I had a temper and I tore it down one night. And I was kind of a slob back then too, so I left it on my bedroom floor for weeks. And I didn't pick it back up until a few weeks after when I received the letter in the mail from Westmont College in the back of it. So Westmont said yes, and I just remembered yes, and I went and picked up the pieces of paper that were left, and most of it was illegible, but one piece was still able to be seen, and it was the one piece that just said yes. So I taped up a ripped word yes back up onto my wall, and then I came to Westmont, and I was ready for an abundance of yeses, and then in the first month I get here, I see there's a job posting for sports broadcasting, and I apply for it, and I don't get it. And God says no again, I think, and I'm like, what the heck, why am I here? So I have to wait another year and a half, and I have to remember that God doesn't say no, and he says yes in his own time. And a year and a half later, I become a sports broadcaster here, and it's been the greatest yes I have had at Westmont. Shout out to the boys. <laughs> After the 2017 World Series, as a Dodgers fan, I begged God to say yes, that the Astros were cheaters, and God didn't say no. God said yes in his own time, and the Astros are guilty. I guess I just wanted to share that. I've realized in the last four years, due to Westmont, due to Scott, due to Emerson Hall, due to everybody. Jesus doesn't say no, but on earth and as well as in heaven, eventually the final answer is always going to be yes. Thank you, guys. And listening to that back, it just reminds me I'm so much better at talking to people than I am with myself. Because this is this is difficult for me. I feel like I'm in a weird place, you know, being in quarantine now for a couple months and having to, you know, fight for closure and. The reason that I'm, I'm excited that I get to have this final episode is at least I can control this part. I can control, you know, the podcast that I've done in college. And I think that that's, I think the thing I wanted to point out next is that, you know, I made this podcast for the Westmont community and in the most humble way, I assure you, is what I mean. But I made it for myself because I wanted to be able to look back on this. And I thought to myself, maybe... No one will care. Maybe no one will listen. But I guess what I'm saying is it just it didn't matter to me once I got the ball rolling. Is If I was having this one-on-one conversation with someone and I could tell that they left knowing that their story was valued, then it was worth it for me. Getting to tell Isaiah Leach face-to-face that you know him hitting a home run changed my life, it was worth it to me. Having Coach Ruiz affirm to me that I knew a darn thing about baseball, it was worth it to me. Having you know Tim Heiduk, a guy who... I shadowed when I first started broadcasting at Westmont, having him just sit down with me time and time again and talk about Westmont sports and affirm to me that I'm not the only person in the world that thinks it matters. It just it was worth it to me. And I'm not going to regret looking back on these and listening to these 5, 10, 15 years down the road because I, I'm too romantic for that. I've, just, I've loved every, every bit of being at Westmont, as, as I hope you can tell. And... It just it wouldn't have been right for me to not do this podcast, I think, because broadcasting, you know, I got to tell the story of Westmont Athletics, and I got to tell the story of my friends playing ball, but 
on this podcast, I got to share how their stories affected mine. And it's, it's just truly been a pleasure. And, you know, I'll intersect a few times on this episode, but I think this is a good place to start our top five countdown or count back from five to one on my five favorite moments being a Westmont broadcaster. Now, I should mention that I didn't choose what I thought my five best calls were because some of these are, are cringe and I yell too much and I don't know, I don't pronounce the right word here or there, but it's the moments that I wanted to remember when I look back and listen to this podcast or when I go back and, and watch that video. I want to remember my friends. I want to remember how I felt in those moments. And if you want to tune along to that or tune in with that while I do play these or watch these on your own time, there's a video on my YouTube page. If you just look up my name, Jacob Norling, that'll show up on YouTube. And it's called Westmont Broadcast Memories that I'll never forget. And I'll pick us up on number five right now that I'll, I'll lead into is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite friends in the world is Jonah Romero on the the men's soccer team, a guy I've lived with in Emerson for years and a guy I lived in VK with and a guy that, you know, I'm hoping to be living with this, this next fall if, you know, the coronavirus doesn't, uh, doesn't affect how Santa Barbara living is going to be, but we don't got to get into that. Going back just to Jonah, really shy guy. And one of my favorite things about broadcasting is getting to give the spotlight to people that don't necessarily seek it out. And, you know, with my voice, I can control that as far as how excited I can be for them and who I decide to put on air with interviews and things like that. So this one's special for me because Jonah is more deserving than anyone I know of having that spotlight on him. So getting to have this, uh, I think it's actually the longest clip I have. It's like three different clips for Jonah. So just Jonah basically as a whole, having the moments that he did this season for the historic men's soccer team, it was special. So here's number five. Jonah Romero, the black cat. They call you the black cat. Tell me why. Uh, well, I, in practice, they always found me. So whenever I go down, I just get back up and I'm like a black cat. Nine lies with striking through on my opponents. I love it, Jonah. Thanks for joining us. You can knock down these warriors, but you can't knock them out. Because like Romero, it seems like they have infinite lives. The Vasquez and Romero. About 20, 25 yards out. Vasquez set with his left, Romero with his right. We'll see who has to go here. Romero shot. Gato Negro, Jonah Romero. one nothing Westmont. So Justin tosses it inside the six off of a defender. Romero, one touch in the net. Gato Negro has done it again. The Black Cat strikes, and the lead has doubled. Three to one in favor of Westmont. I think that's like a perfect one to start with what I mean, that I say these are not my best calls. Is you know, I feel like I sound like a maniac. I think I sound like a student who's excited about his friend scoring a goal, and I know this one is just going to you know stay in my heart forever along with this next one at number four as well because – I think I'm going to do this for a long time. I, I, I'm confident in it. I love it. And I think that I can at least carry confidence and passion to a couple higher steps. I don't know exactly how many, but I think that I can I can take this, you know, who knows where. And I know that 
whatever those steps look like, I'm not going to be able to have that kind of passion and excitement and, you know, be that biased towards specific individuals. So getting to cheer on one of my good friends like Jonah and like Jose Vasquez and number four has been special. And I'll take us to number four. It's El Ocho's turn is the call. And it's a special one to me because it's the day that the Westmont Club ended up punching their ticket officially to the national tournament, winning the GSAC regular season title. And Jose didn't have, you know, the season that he thought he was going to or had hoped to, you know, hadn't scored a goal yet going into this game to clinch it. And I remember Jose talking about it in, in the dorms and the, the weeks leading up to this moment, him saying that, you know, at this point he's numb to it and that he's not going to be too excited. It's just kind of going to be whatever when the moment comes, when he finally does get that goal, he's just going to put his head down and, you know, jog back the other way. And I just prayed to God that that wasn't the case. And I, I wanted Jose to have the moment that he deserved because I, I know it means a lot to him. And getting that moment, getting to be behind the mic for the moment that Jose scored on the day they ended up clinching. And then, you know, a couple hours later, getting to spray, uh, you know, apple cider in the locker room with the men's soccer team and celebrate that clinch was a special overall day. So it's one that I want to remember and one that I'm happy to share with you. Vasquez again, right foot off of a defender, it's in the net, it's in the net, it's El Ocho's turn, the lead doubles, 2 to nothing in favor of Westmont. It's finally happened, the day the Warriors possibly clinched the G-Sack, Vasquez has his moment, and the Warriors lead it 2 to nothing. And see, that one's probably even more cringe than the Jonah one, but it was a blast for me nonetheless. And I guess like that's my last Westmont soccer one. And I want to just remember the men's soccer team and you know my friends on that team for a minute because you know I have that moment with Jonah and Jose, but also I want to remember Mr. Still Your Girl, Tyler Young being a stud and you know being the lead, leading scorer on that team that season. Of course, I'm going to remember Lalo Delgado, you know the professional goalkeeper. I'm going to remember. Tim Hyduke, the captain, and of course, more than anything, I know I'm going to remember Nick Ruiz, one of my best friends in the entire world, the the now captain for the Westmont Club, and he's just been such an important figure in my life, and although there wasn't a specific call, I think when I look back and listen to this one, I'm going to want to remember that along with number five and four, I can put number 3.5 as just all that Nick Ruiz has done for me in my time at Westmont, and on and off the field, inside and outside the dorms, whether it be Emerson, Van Campen, or everything in between and outside of Jonah, Jose, Nick, Tyler, Tim, Zaya, it was it was a blast. And I'm going to cherish those soccer-related memories forever. And I can kind of transition with number three, getting to speak of Tim Hajduk. Number three is a couple moments that we got to have calling GSEC championship games at Westmont because of how successful our athletic programs were this season. I got to be behind the mic for a couple GSAC championship games that we weren't even a part of because we were hosting the tournament. So the first one I'm going to share with you that transitions into the next, but starting with this first one is the GSAC men's soccer championship where the Menlo Oaks win it. And me and Tim get to be behind the mic on that one. And that one's special to me. And I made sure to put this in here because it was cool getting to have a moment with Tim that I could remember, given that, you know, Tim has been basically my co-host throughout this whole podcast. So it would feel like it wasn't a complete finale without having Tim on here. And then along with that, getting the call 
the men's GSAC basketball championship is very special to me because it was a thrilling game down to the finish. And also, little did I know, that was the last game I was ever going to call that Westmont College because it was the week before COVID-19 broke out with Rudy Gobert getting infected and all that good stuff. So it was a very climatic one, or a very climactic one, I, I should say. And it was special, just like the soccer one was special. And I'm rambling here. Like I said, it's different doing it by myself. It's, I'm pleased to share number three, the GSAC championship moments. Here we go. The shot from Riley is blocked. Zimmerman blocked it. And the Oaks are one stroke away. And Zimmerman coming up with the goods. Making a big time save on the PK. Just as he did against Vanguard in the semifinal. And Riley trying the little hop step to get Zimmerman to move, but Zimmerman guessed right, as it's now Luke Gleedle, who scored the winner against OUAZ a month ago. Can he score the PK to send them to the NEIA National Tournament? He can! Roll the names! Fade to black! The Menlo Oaks are victorious in the GSAC Championship! So that was the shootout to end of the men's GSAC soccer championship. And now we'll move to an inbound in a one-point game with five seconds on the clock for the GSAC men's basketball championship. The GSAC championship. ACU has it. Inbound on the far side. Bowers has it at the basket. He makes it with 3.1 on the clock. To Hunter at the buzzer. He doesn't get the shot off. He doesn't get the shot off. Arizona Christian victorious in the GSAC championship. So those are special because how cool it was to get to call college championship games. Like that's pretty cool. No matter if you're at an NEIA level or D1, you know, championship games feel, they feel different. They feel more important. You can feel the history that's being made. You can feel those memories that are going to be held on to by those guys for the rest of their lives. So getting to put some hopefully not terrible words to that was a lot of fun. And it was something that I'll I'll cherish for a long time. And I think that, you know, these next two are going to be hard to talk about without getting choked up because, you know, I feel like if you've ever had a, a single conversation with me, you'll know that baseball is the most special thing to me on the face of the earth, really. And, you know, like with all due respect to my friends, family, and, you know, love you guys, but, you know, objectively – speaking baseball is the thing that has really defined my life and I can tie these next two memories back to my relationship specifically with the Los Angeles Dodgers and with Vin Scully I tell a story of the night I fell in love with baseball and I feel like the night that probably my photographic memory for sports it was was born and it was Monday night September 18th 2006 it was the night the Dodgers were in the middle of a pennant chase with the San Diego Padres and Last game of a four-game series, and the Dodgers heading into the bottom of the ninth inning, trailing nine to five. And it's a special memory because my my dad is you know being dismal and oh whatever they lost because you know that's just how dads are. And then my older brother Topher is just saying like oh do you just wait you know the Dodgers are gonna hit four home runs in a row right now. And, you know I I swear to God like <laughs> this is what my brother is saying is crazy 
as it sounds. And for me, I was too young to really have an opinion on it yet because I'll, I'll be honest with you now, I really have like a weird balance between all the faith in the Dodgers and none of the faith in the Dodgers because of how the last few years have went. But as an eight-year-old, not knowing a whole lot about baseball, I was pretty, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Impressionable. Like whatever was going to happen in this year of the Dodgers and in this game in particular, I, I, I could feel was, was going to make an impact on me. And I'll never forget Jeff Kent leading off the ninth with a home run, his fourth hit of the game. And then J.D. Drew launches one into the right center field pavilion, halfway up the pavilion, making it a two-run game. And at that point, the Padres make the change to bring in Hall of Fame closer Trevor Hoffman. But in between the Drew homer and the pitching change, Vin Scully says, do not go gentle into that good night, rage, rage against the dying of the light. And the Dodgers hit two more home runs in a row off of Trevor Hoffman to tie up the game, and they go on to win the game in the 10th inning on a walk-off home run by Nomar Garcia-Para. And it's the night that changed my life before. Like It, it was the first next year for me. It really inspired imagination in me. What I, I say often is, what I love about baseball in particular is that it stretches the boundaries of imagination. And the first game that I can remember having an impact on my soul is one where, you know, the impossible happened. And having that happen at a young age made me think that if that happened then, it can happen again. And that's kept me coming back for the rest of my life. And it will keep me coming back for the rest of my life. So fast forward there, because we're not fully caught up yet. Go to 2012. It's actually the, the night the Dodgers get eliminated from the postseason. I'm now 14 years old, and I'm a diehard Dodgers fan. And they were supposed to be so good this year. It was a month after they made huge trades to get Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford and Josh Beckett, and they just got Hanley Ramirez the month before. And the Dodgers are clawing their way, trying to find a way into the postseason. And second to last night of the season, they're facing the eventual world champion San Francisco Giants. And the Dodgers need this win to make game 162 count the next day as they were still a game back of the Cardinals and they couldn't afford to lose this game as it was was going to eliminate them if so. So bottom nine, they're down a run. There's two down. D. Gordon's on second base and Mark Ellis fouls one back to the screen with two strikes and with Dodger Stadium on its feet and just holding its collective breath, Vince Scully once again says, do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. That's where we are. And the next pitch was a line drive into center field. That The center fielder came on and made a running catch. Angel Pagano, they all hate him forever. <laughs> and I cried. I, just, I broke down. And I think that it was a balance between being 14 years, old and 14 years old and not wanting to see my team get eliminated from the postseason. And also what Vin just said struck me. And it stuck with me, and I, I've never forgot it. Like What's cool, and I guess that one of my favorite quotes I'll share with you is that they say we don't recognize the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. And I am proud to say that I've never had that problem. For me, being in the moment, especially with sports, I have never taken one for granted. And I know as soon as the big moment happens that it's something that changes me and it's something that I'm going to remember for who knows how long and that's one of them that I think that I'm going to remember forever and then fast forward 
another six years to this February, a Westmont baseball game where Westmont heads into the 10th inning trailing by four, and they score three, trailing by one, trying to come back in the bottom of the 10th inning with two down. Drew Bayard is having one of the most legendary at-bats I have ever seen, whether Major League Baseball or NAIA, and I got to pay homage to Vin and have a much happier ending than that tenth inning did for the or that ninth inning for the Dodgers. This tenth inning for Westmont was unforgettable, and I appreciate you listening to my mouthful on that. But now you can listen to that moment in that call. Number two, do not go gentle. Quintana delivers, and he pops one up foul. That one will also go out of play. So the screws turn a little bit tighter. It's that wonderful quote by the poet Dylan Thomas. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Well, that's where we are. He shoots one. Shallow center. That drops. Here comes Perez. This game is tied. Unbelievable. And then they they went on to win it on a walk-off hit by Sage Para. Uh, a few batters later, and that one will stay with me forever. One of my favorite baseball games I have ever seen. It's just crazy, down to their last out, all five runs with two outs, and it allowed me to just feel like like I was right where I was supposed to be again, and I think that that kind of builds off of what my number one is, and it's it's no secret if you know the darnest thing about me or if you know, you've know you looked at the title of the podcast, it's the Isaiah Leach home run that he hit a year ago, and it's something that I, you know, I've milked dry, and I'm going to get every last drop I can right now before I, I, I sign off on, on the podcast. And I just I, I want to context it a little bit because I talked about this on episode two with Isaiah, but you know that was a long time ago, and I like to think that more people will listen now than they did then. Is you know just a gradual evolution of the podcast. You know, come on, appreciate you guys at home, but um. Yeah, what uh, what happened for me is baseball has been, you know, like my greatest love and my greatest passion in my young life, but it's also broken my heart more than anything. It's been really painful for me, you know, seeing you know the Astros cheat my heroes out of a World Series for one, but for me personally, never feeling like I got a crack out of it or getting a, a real crack at it playing wise as I thought I deserved in my in my high school days. And then, you know, coming into college, I, I actually applied. I'm not applied. I tried out for the Westmont team, and I got cut very obviously because I wasn't any good at it by the end of, end of my career. I hadn't played for a year, and I hadn't done a whole lot to get better. So it was due to come to an end, but I still just really had this longing and love for baseball that I felt like it never had for me, and that sucked. And... When I got to Westmont and after I got cut from the baseball team, I applied, like I said earlier in that one clip, I applied for a Westmont broadcasting job and Ron told me they were already full. And, you know, it wasn't a personal thing, but it still sucked because I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I have to wait another year and a half until the beginning of my junior year and I get that broadcasting job. And that Isaiah game is the first game I had ever worked by myself, only the second game I had ever worked play-by-play for and just the crazy part of that day is 
I wasn't supposed to be at that game to. I had a professor, Dr. Willis, in the English department who let me miss class that day so that I could be there for a game that changed my freaking life. And if it's just not like the ultimate testament to how God works in people's lives at Westmont, then I guess I don't know what else I can tell you about that because it's the ultimate proof. And what happens is, of course, if you don't know by now, that Westmont's down by two in the bottom of the ninth inning. And they're trailing 6-4. And Bushley's off with a double down the left field line. And then the man, Luke Coffey, comes up, getting ready in my mind to tie the game up because, you know, he's the man. He's Luke Coffey. And he doubles off the right field wall, putting runners on second and third with nobody out. And right there, I feel like all of my notes and all of my mental preparation is gone. And for the first time in my life, I had to trust myself on air as a broadcaster, and I really had to find out if I was any good at it, I think, in that moment. And Isaiah Leach comes up, just a total stranger. And he hit 188 a year ago, and I say that the beautiful thing about baseball is that there's always next year. And for Isaiah Leach, next year is today. And then I said, well... Here's number one next year. Next year is today. With a chance in the third game of the season to tie up this game for the Westmont Warriors. Here's the first pitch. Line drive. Deep to right field. Back at the wall. It's gone. Warriors win it. Seven to six. On a three-one walk-up home run. Isaiah Leach. Today is indeed next year. So like I said, I have milked that call down to its its last drip, and I, I, I'll try and be quiet about it after this, but I don't think that I'll be able to. I think it's a lie because it was a, it was a life changer. It was the ultimate just, I think, affirmation that my relationship with baseball isn't stopping anytime soon. And I'm never going to be Vince Scully, and I'm never going to you know, be Joe Davis. I'm never going to be Joe Buck. But I think that being Jacob Norling might not be the wrong thing to be in this career. And I'm thinking that maybe I can do something with it. And if Isaiah didn't hit that home run and if I'm not in the chair behind that microphone, I don't know if I think that. I don't know if I get that sense of belonging because I really not felt like I clicked at Westmont and really clicked personally anywhere and i don't mean that in like a you know a super sad loner way like you know i I, i've had amazing friends at westmont i always have but you want to feel like you belong with yourself too you know you need somewhere where you feel like you have value and worth and purpose that has nothing to do with anything or anybody else and for me broadcasting is that and i think it's a really special gift to have getting to speak over stories and speak about sports and just like I said getting to affirm someone else's journey like if God blessed me with a gift that makes other people feel special and heard and remembered then I'm gonna feel like my life's been worth a damn and that home run was the home run that made me think that I could chase this and I don't know where this is gonna lead I don't know if it's gonna lead anywhere but I guess that fits with the theme that I've been talking about this entire episode and that's if nothing comes out of this and I look back 20 years from now and 
you know, who knows, I'm teaching high school English or doing God knows what, I know that I'll still look upon these memories with joy and with love, knowing that when I was in college because of an NAIA broadcasting job, I got to figure out who I wanted to be and who I was supposed to be. And for the first time, I felt like I was really okay with that. And without Westmont and without these sports and these people, I don't know if I discovered that in college. So I have an end credits call after that Isaiah call. And it's me and my friends. It's me and my best friends. It's me and Nick Ruiz and Matt Choi and Jonah Romero. And it's the moment of Matt finally winning a Fortnite game. Me and the guys had a tradition for the last couple of years that when you won your first Fortnite game that we would all go to In-N-Out when we actually had a couple impromptu In-N-Out runs late in the night. And they're some of my favorite college memories. And Matt refused to play last semester because our other boy Ricky Beebe was off campus and we couldn't possibly experience that that kind of joy and that kind of moment without Ricky. So Matt refused to play and then Ricky got back this spring and then what ended up being the same night as that men's GSAC basketball championship and little did I know the last night that we ever got to share together at Westmont was the night that Matt ended up winning that Fortnite game and we got to go to in and out together and obviously not a broadcast call but you'll hear it and you'll hear Nick start my uh, my broadcast call and that's what makes it a memory but I'm putting it here because it's my podcast and I want to remember those memories I was as much as I want to remember Jonah's goals and Jose's goals and Tim taking me under his wing and Isaiah hitting that home run I'm gonna want to remember these times with my friends maybe more than any of them so here's one last call So, to me, next year, if you can't tell by now, it's uh, it's a metaphor. <laughs> my motto in college, my first college, that is, Allen Hancock College, was start here, go anywhere. And I found a lot of, you know, symbolism in just the word anywhere. You know, anywhere was where I was supposed to be. Anywhere was a someday for me. And... Westmont was my anywhere and you know the beautiful thing about life and the beautiful thing about baseball and the beautiful thing about you know just the world in general is that there's always going to be another anywhere and there's always going to be another someday and along those same lines there's always going to be another next year and I got to learn that through the lens of, of sports and you know strangers hitting 
a ball with a stick that can achieve greatness in doing so, while also inspiring me to pursue greatness of my own. And I owe that realization to Westmont College, and I owe it to my friends and my family and the athletes that I was so you know blessed to cover. And I'm just so thankful that I have those memories to lean on and to look back on. And as far as what goes on next for me, I'm not so sure, actually. Like a little, you know, under-the-radar announcement that if there is baseball this summer for the California Collegiate League, I will actually be in some part calling games for the Santa Barbara Foresters. So fingers crossed that that works out. And then hopefully in the coming months to a year, I can pursue some sort of either college or minor league level baseball job and I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. I guess I, I wanted to say that, you know, next year the podcast and just the idea doesn't end here for me. Like I, I've thought to myself that, you know, I did 20 episodes at my college and that was special, but I, I think I'd like to do 20 at every stop and then hopefully maybe around a hundred episodes be semi close to the big leagues. And who knows how ridiculous I'll sound looking back on that 80 episodes from now, but I've got faith in that because I have faith in God and I've learned in my life that God doesn't say no. God says yes in his own time, in his own plan. And I trust that the plan for me is going to be worth documenting for another 80 episodes and who knows how much more after that. So I, I thank you for letting me just talk about the role that my life has played in these stories and the role that these stories have played in my life. This podcast has been a blast for me and for the handful of you that listen repeatedly and to the select few of you that listen whenever and to maybe some new listeners for this one, I appreciate you listening in and I appreciate you letting me have this platform and I'm going to ramble because, you know, I don't want it to, to be done. I, I've loved being a Westmont warrior more than I've loved being anything in my life. And it's going to be tough to figure out where I go next, but wherever I go next, I know that Westmont will always be a part of me. And I know that, you know, sooner or later today will be next year again. So thank you. My name is Jacob Norling. This is my podcast next year. And until then, may we meet again.